This is your dose of support. I'm Dr. Vanessa Casper, a nurse practitioner, and I'm bringing you stories and representation from the front lines. We can break down silos, work together better, and find some self-care in healthcare. Dose of support, it's guests. The host or advertisers are not providing healthcare on this podcast. Seek out care from your own healthcare professional. The show host and guests are sharing their own ideas, thoughts, and views. They are not in any way affiliated or representing a respective employer or organization on the show today. Find us on social media at Dose of Support on Facebook, Instagram, our website, and on Patreon. And now it's time to huddle up for a dose of support. Stay tuned. my little sugar plums. It's Vanessa and we're huddling up this week and I'm just in a great mood because I am starting seven days in a row of being off duty and I don't remember the last time I took a week off. It, it's it been during the pandemic but it was like kind of more of a forced thing at that time and this time I was supposed to be going to Texas to visit family. And here we're in a pandemic. We had to cancel our Christmas plans. And this was supposed to be like a long vacation where we took the kiddo down south to... So it's kind of sad. And so I am using this seven days off. It was going to be several weeks. And so what I did was I, you know, put myself back on the schedule for a few of those weeks. And then just ended up taking one full week off and I really need it. Last week, you guys heard I was having a really hard week. I've lost too many patients to COVID within the last couple weeks here and it's been really hard and stressful and sad. Um, And I know that I'm not alone. I know that you guys could be out there listening and and thinking the same, that you've lost people. And anyway, so during my seven days off, I am instituting seven days of self-care. And every day I'm going to document what I do for self-care and share on social media, kind of like an accountability partner. So it might be a small thing like sitting with my cup of coffee and just enjoying it. Or it might be like sitting down for yoga for 30 minutes, or it might be exercise, and I'm going to share exactly what I'm doing. And so y'all can hold me accountable when this episode drops. I am so fortunate that I have a whole team of people that are covering my patients while I'm gone, and I'm really, really grateful for that this week. And speaking of this week, we have a first-timer on the show. We've never had a speech-language pathologist on the show, and this week we are in for a treat. So enjoy Panda Express and stay tuned. Welcome back to Dose of Support. Have you ever wondered how someone relearns how to talk or eat or sing or how linguistics is a part of healthcare? Well, speech language pathology is a widely misunderstood and underrepresented profession. And today we have Shakora Irwin here to teach us more. Welcome our speech language pathologist, Shakora, all the way from California. Hello. Hello. Thank you. So, 
you've been on a little bit of a journey during COVID. We were talking before recording that because of COVID, census has changed and you're on like an adventure right now in California, which is not where you're originally from. Um, And it sounds like you have like a very, I, I think, diverse experience as an SLP or speech language pathologist. But I, what I think we should start with is what is an SLP? Sure, absolutely. Um, so as a speech language pathologist, I know a lot of people hear speech and they think, oh, you guys like help people talk again, or you, you know, help kids with speech impediments. And while that is part of what we do, it is definitely not all that we do. Um, we help people with various communication disorders and swallowing disorders. And under the umbrella of communication, you have attention, memory, um, expressive verbal language, receptive language, um, all of which impact your communication and your ability to speak in some way, shape, or form. The training to become an SLP, my understanding is you have an undergraduate degree in some kind of physical sciences or health sciences, and then there's a master's program that you attend. Is that right? That is correct. Um, And then after you complete your master's, there is a required clinical fellowship year Um, It usually can be completed in nine months, but I'm sure with COVID and everything, a lot of people may may be taking longer than that. Okay, so walk us through what a day in the life is like for an SLP and like what do you actually do when you're at work? Sure, sure. Um, So I'll tell you this. Most recently, um, I've been working with head and neck cancer patients. So um, I see people in an outpatient setting as well as inpatient. So a day for me, usually I go in, I check my schedule. um, I see if I have any patients on outpatient. Um, I typically will see individuals who are either beginning their cancer treatment journey or maybe even during their cancer treatment journey, sometimes even after. Um, so with patients who have not yet started their, you know, chemo radiation treatment or those who have not yet had any type of surgeries, um, it's usually a baseline to see where they are now. And then once they begin treatment, whatever it may be, um, we kind of work towards maintaining their function and then eventually getting them back to where they were prior to their treatment, which is why having that baseline is so important. So when you, when you say this evaluation that you're doing, like what are you doing for a head and neck cancer patient? Sure. So we're typically assessing their eating ability. So chewing, swallowing, we look for any sort of deficits at the oral Stage of swallowing, which would be, you know, your ability to chew, mash the bolus around. Um, is your tongue strong enough to, you know, propel any food or liquid bolus towards the back of your throat? Is your throat strong enough to safely carry things down the wrong way or the right way? Um, we also assess their speech as well. Um, Are there any articulation deficits? 
Um, are there any fluency deficits? And usually if we do notice some sort of um, fluency errors that don't seem to be necessarily directly related to the location of the cancer, um, oftentimes we might request a referral for them to get like an MRI to see if there's any significant nerve damage and possible progression of the cancer. And then part of your therapy is, well, what I understand of it anyway, is it really like exercises, practicing with a patient. And what what are those actions like? So you've evaluated a patient and then you're going to treat a patient, right? Yes. So what happens? So I will say this, and I'm, I'm sticking to, to cancer because this is most recently um, the bulk of, of what I've been doing. So there are so many side effects of chemo radiation treatment. I mean, due to the chemo, you're having taste changes, possibly smell changes changes in the composition of your saliva, all of which affect the way that you experience food. Um, So I get a lot of patients who, while maybe their swallowing muscles haven't been impacted severely early on in their treatment, their desire to eat has just plummeted because it's no longer enjoyable. Um, You can't taste anything. So part of treatment sometimes is educating them on different techniques that they can use to sort of make mealtime more pleasurable. Um, Certain chemos tend to cause sort of like a metallic taste in people's mouths. So something as simple as like a behavioral thing, like use plastic silverware, don't use, you know, metal, Um, avoiding foods that are high in acidity and sugar because those tend to burn your mouth during chemo. And then, um, I mean, once they start to experience some issues with the actual movement of their swallowing muscles, there are so many different exercises from like tongue resistance, tongue presses, um, lateralization exercises. So like, like, are you talking like push-ups for your mouth? Basically. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And and your neck muscles, I'm guessing too. Um, that's, that is, it sounds like a lot of fun. And my understanding is you treat the whole spectrum, right? The average SLP should be trained on the entire lifespan. Is that right? Absolutely. We do have to have that training. Awesome. And then in your case, you specialized a little. So yes, that sounds awesome. I'm wondering where can people find an SLP? A lot of my listeners are healthcare workers already. So maybe in their particular area, like maybe they're in a clinic, maybe they're in a hospital, they know what the SLP does there. Sure. (laughs) But they might not know where else SLPs might work. So what can you say about that? So we're pretty much everywhere. Um, So of course, if you are an SLP that works with um, kids, you'd be found in a school setting. Um, You can even be found in an outpatient pediatric clinic. Um, You can definitely be found in a children's hospital, of course, and then, um, as you get towards the, you know, adult population, uh, long-term care facilities, skilled nursing facilities, 
rehabilitation hospitals, post-acute care facilities, um, hospitals, cancer hospitals, you know, if you're more specialized. So mm-hmm. um, there's such a, a broad spectrum of, of opportunities for SLPs. What is, so you have this bachelor's degree in linguistics, and yeah. I'm just curious how many languages you speak. <laughs> so I've dabbled in quite a few. I actually have a minor in the Spanish language, and I saw um, that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do speak some Japanese, um, some Arabic as well, um, and I would say those are my languages that I feel more comfortable communicating with, other than English. Um, my family is from Jamaica, so I do understand and speak a little bit of Patois. Um, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much what well, I am. <laughs> just the difference between Japanese and Arabic, th- yeah. it's so different language-wise. And so that your brain must just be one of those like beautiful minds. Oh. <laughs> that, did you start when you were really young to learn different languages? Uh, so, you know, I have to attribute my interest in linguistics and and everything science and language to my grandfather on my father's side. Um, He was someone who really instilled in me the beauty of being able to communicate and, and indulge in different cultures and understanding different walks of life. And so I kind of consider him like a world traveler because he, when he was alive, he traveled everywhere from, you know, Tanzania to to India to China so yeah ever since uh, ever since I was little you know he kind of was pushing me to make sure you can communicate with as many people as possible because it will get you for far very far in life so yeah that's for so sure. special yeah he was an awesome guy <laughs> I have all the feels right now we're gonna yeah. leave the listeners with with the feelings for just a couple <laughs> minutes here and um, when we come back from our break Shakora is gonna share a story from practice and some self-care so stay tuned From that break. And today we have Shakora Irwin here with us, our speech language pathologist. And we learned a little bit about her already and her interests. And now she's going to share a story from practice. So take it away, Shakora. Absolutely. So um, there's a guy that touched my heart uh, very dearly. Um, he was diagnosed with recurrent squamous cell carcinoma of the tongue base. So um, the cancer was pretty much found at the base of his tongue, basically the part of the tongue that's back in your throat. And it actually um, metastasized to his tongue towards the front and the floor of his mouth. So he had to have, yeah, he had to have two pretty um, extensive reconstructive surgeries. And the second surgery um, ended up taking out uh, one side of majority of the floor of his mouth, and then also about two thirds of his tongue. Um, oh he, yeah, 
he was on a feeding tube for about almost two years. Um, but this is a gentleman who was super dedicated and persistent on getting back to his day before or getting back to his life before cancer. So um, he came to me wanting to basically eat again. He was tired of depending on his, his feeding tube. And he told me that he wanted to get his feeding tube out so that he could go scuba diving with his wife one oh. day. Yeah. So um, when he came to me, he was only eating. He was kind of like pleasure feeding himself with certain puree foods. Okay. Like, you know, applesauce. Like yeah. yeah. You know, blending up chicken and things like that, but it wasn't very enjoyable for him. So with only like two thirds of a tongue or yeah. he had one third of a tongue left. Yes. And yes. the tongue is a really like it's a strong muscle. Yeah. And so so for his issues eating, could he not like move the food around in his mouth or like because he still had teeth. Yeah. So how, how did that, I'm just curious. Yeah. So, um, so let me just kind of paint a picture for you. So two thirds of his tongue were taking out, taken out. And it's basically, um, I believe, like part of the left side and then part of sort of the tip. Okay. And okay. so he also had a lot of scar tissue that had developed um, after he was, you know, healing from his surgery. And then also he had the radiation too. So the movement of what he had left of his tongue was very restricted. Um, so, you know, part of treatment, we started off getting him used to moving his tongue around, doing some stretching exercises, flexibility exercises um, to sort of try to break down some of that rigidity um, that he was experiencing, that, that reduced movement. Um, and then, you know, I asked him, I was like, what's a goal for yourself? Like, I have all these goals for you. What do you want for yourself? And he's like, I want to be able to eat Panda Express again. And he was oh, so serious. Like, that is so particular. Yes. So that was actually a long-term goal for him to be able to eat Panda Express again. And as you can imagine, with two-thirds of your tongue being gone, we did a lot of speech therapy as well to um, improve his communication, to help him articulate in areas of his mouth that he, he could still use pretty well. Um, so it was just a lot of, you know, strengthening exercises, range of motion exercises for the throat and for the mouth, um, more specifically the jaw and the tongue. And then slowly advancing um, his diet as tolerated. And the next thing you know, he was eating rice and told me all about his first trip to Panda Express after <laughs> several months. It, I mean, I think we, I'm pretty sure I saw him for about six months. So six months of treatment, two times a week. And That's he had really a lot of very long. Like I, yeah. I feel like people get speech therapy for years sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he did really well. He did. He was super, super dedicated, and okay. um, 
I would always give him home exercise programs to work on. So even when he wasn't in my office, he was, he was doing the work at home as well. Wow. So, so really motivated. Absolutely. So that sounds like a really rewarding situation, but I, what's the hardest part of your job? The, the hardest part of the job, uh, and I don't, I don't want to like bring the mood down, but um, you do, <laughs> you know, when you're dealing with patients with cancer, as you can imagine, you have some people that don't make it, um, sure. or some people who have very poor prog, have a very poor prognosis. So, you know, in those circumstances, I ask the patient, I ask the family, you know, what do you want for you? And so we just kind of have to focus on something that's very realistic mm -hmm. for the patient. And then, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're just happy and thankful that someone took the time and patience to help them to the best that they could. And so the hardest part is, is having to um, say goodbye to, to those patients yeah. that don't make it. You know, it can be really hard. Well, I think that a lot of people listening probably can relate to that because I think in healthcare, we all do that, especially during yeah. the pandemic. Um, we're saying goodbye to people we've cared for, for maybe short periods of time and maybe months. Um, and I have goosebumps right now just saying that because I'm yeah. thinking like, like we all kind of share in that similar sorrow um, where you know, we can do everything and, it's, and it isn't enough. Like sometimes yeah. you do everything and it's, it's just not enough. It's somebody's time. And, um, yeah, so I think it's hard no matter where you are in healthcare and, um, because it is, what do you do? What does Shakora, what does Shakora do to take care during those times? Yeah. So I actually like to stay active. Um, for me, like I, I don't do a lot of marathons or anything like that, but for me, jogging um, is like just a really nice release for me, you know, get my endorphins up and running, get some adrenaline pumping, um, you know, just kind of, I picture myself like sweating out the stress um, that may come with just anything day to day. And of course, the, the stress of just work sometimes. Um, I love music. I love singing um, and playing with my dog, Waylon. I have a, a five-year-old cockapoo who is a ball of joy. Oh. And so, you know, he really, I, even on like my hardest days, like I come home to him and he's just like, he's a, he's just sunshine. You know, he's like a ray of light. Isn't it funny? Like some people say, I wish I saw myself how my dog sees oh. me. Have you heard Absolutely. that? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Or like whenever you're feeling down or discouraged, just remember like somebody thinks you're amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Like you walk in the door and it's like superwoman's home, like yep. just jumping yep. for joy. So Absolutely. You know, you're not the first person on Dose of Support to say that like their animal is like their, their, oh, their animal course. is their body or, or exercise. A lot of people have said that that is just like, it gets a lot of stress out. Absolutely. Do you do anything like luxurious that you're just, you can't give up no matter what? 
Yeah. So I really, I have this thing for shopping for, so I'm five, nine. Okay. Okay. So I typically have a hard time finding pants that are long enough for me. So some days I will just hop online and just try to find all the long pants that I can find. And that is what I do. (laughs) A little bit of online shopping. I think, you know, a little bit, some people have a problem. Yeah. It's not you, but, but, (laughs) but yeah, a little bit of like just treating yourself. I think, I think a lot of us don't do that enough. Um, especially right now when we're, when we're working, you know, so hard with all the COVID patients. Um, we're recording this in November, so I, I don't know when this episode will air, but I, I, I just think like, sometimes all you need to do is like get on Sephora. Yes. Do a little shopping on Sephora.com. Yes. Um, or, or wherever you like to go. Um, so I can totally relate to that. Absolutely. Well, Moving forward, you're the first SLP that I've had on the show. And so listeners might have questions and I I hope it's okay if they if they reach out to me, if I can send questions your way. Is that okay? That sounds fantastic. Absolutely. Listeners, you guys, you heard it here first. You can just reach out at hello at doseofsupport.com, email me, or find me on Instagram at doseofsupport or Facebook at doseofsupport. Um, and you can just send me a message if you have questions for Shakora. All right. And so if you would like to be on the show, all you need to do is go to www.doseofsupport.com. You can submit your survey. And if you are loving the show, please, please, please write me a review on Apple. That really helps the show get out there. It's the only advertising I have. And if you're just like the super fan and you're made of money, please become a Patreon and you can ask questions to my future guests. So I am so happy that I met Shakora today. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This has been great. And listeners, I will be back in your ears next week. Dose of Support is managed, written, marketed, edited, hosted, produced, and all the things by me, little old me, Vanessa Casper, with exclusive music by Rafael Sequeira. If you enjoyed this episode, this one-woman show needs you to give us a rating and a review wherever you listen, and specifically, share the show with a friend. I will continue to monitor and will follow up with you again next week when we get our next dose of support.